You're listening to episode number 10 of Strike the Match. In this episode, my guest is Dean Merrill. Dean recently collaborated with Patrick Johnstone to release a new book entitled Serving God in Today's Cities. In this podcast, we talk about this book as well as the great urban challenge that is set before us as we see the advancement of the gospel among the nations. So with that in mind, let's... Welcome to Strike the Match with pastor and missiologist, Dr. J.D. Payne. Strike the Match is a podcast that addresses matters related to missions, innovation, and leadership. Now here's J.D. Today I am with uh, Dean Merrill. Dean uh, has recently uh, collaborated with Patrick Johnstone uh, in, on a new book entitled Serving God in Today's Cities, uh, the subtitle being Facing the Challenge of Urbanization. Uh, for those of you that have had a chance to uh, to read my book, Pressure Points, that came out a couple of years ago, uh, you know that in that book I talk about one of the the what I believe twelve one of the twelve global issues uh, that are shaping the face of the church today uh, are uh, or is excuse me is the issue uh, of of urbanization, the growth of the cities. And, and so I was really, really excited when I found out uh, that this book, uh, published with GMI, uh, was going to be released and uh, wanted to have, a, have an opportunity to have a conversation with Dean about, uh, about his work on, on this project. Uh, this, is a, this is a very good book. It's a, it's a very good introduction to help us understand what is happening in the world today and very practical in, in its orientation. Uh, Dean, who is, is with us today, he is uh, no stranger to the publishing world. In fact, uh, he has spent a great deal of time in the world of publishing and editing. Uh, uh, the last 10 years, he's been writing full-time. Uh, he spent time uh, working in, in this area with focus on the family, Christianity Today, uh, as a writer and as an editor. Uh, he's collaborated with uh, people such as Jim Cimbala, uh, for example, in several books, uh, one uh, that many of you are very familiar with, his book Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. Uh, he also worked with Steve Gaines on When God Comes to Church, and also with Wes Stafford uh, on his book Too Small to Ignore. So it's a great honor, a great privilege for us to be able to have uh, this conversation with Dean today, who's coming to us uh, from his home in Colorado Springs. So, Dean, I want to welcome you to Strike the Match. Thank you very much. It's good to be with you. So I'm, I'm just curious, uh, has it been a crazy weather out, a crazy winter for you guys out there in, in uh, Colorado? It just comes and goes. Uh, Colorado is interesting that... Sometimes you get the biggest snow in November or in March, and then in January you can have days of 55, 60 degrees. So uh, you never quite know in the Rockies. Wow. How about that? Well, I tell you what, I, I've been to Colorado Springs a few times. It's incredibly, incredibly beautiful. Um, actually, one time made the drive up Pikes Peak. I will never do that again. Uh, I do not like high places, uh, uh, yes. uh, especially when you're hanging on the the edge of a curve, fourteen thousand you know feet off the ground. So, right. um, but man, it's it's really good to have you have you with us here today. Now, this book, uh, Serving God in Today's Cities, uh, it's it's actually, from what I understand, it's part of a larger series of books that GMI is publishing. It is is that correct? Yes, it's going to be, is actually the first of a series. You mentioned you made a list of the big issues that are hitting the church uh, right now. Patrick Johnstone has made his list, and it's probably very similar to yours, of uh, seven things that we just cannot afford to ignore in this 21st century where we live. And urbanization is the one where we started. 
We're probably going to do another one on migration or water issues or health issues. Uh, we, we have to talk about that. But this was the first one, the kickoff. So, so Patrick uh, published this book called The Future of the Global Church uh, yes. a few years ago. In fact, and yes, you're right. Uh, Patrick, was his, his research, that book was helpful for me in my, my research when I, when I wrote Pressure Points. Uh, so, so what I'm understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, is that books are planning to be released related to some of the chapters in The Future of the Global Church. Is that right? In the outline up front, where he he goes through these uh, seven huge issues that we are facing, uh, yes, we're going to take each one of those and dig in in depth, as we have done in this one. That's right. Fantastic. So, so let's spend some time talking about the, this uh, this work. So, the the book is divided into two two parts. Uh, really, the first part I kind of have summarized as more of uh, giving the reader a contemporary exposure to what's happening in the world when it comes to urbanization, and also articulating uh, a biblical perspective on the cities. And then the second part of the book is is dealing with with how we should respond in our urban world. Would that would that uh, assessment be correct? That's right. The first part is to say, guess what, folks? We are in the first urban century mm. of human history. Mm-hmm. And people what? what are you talking about? Well, we crossed a tipping point about seven or eight years ago where more than 50% of the people on this planet live in urban areas. Now, just to give you some perspective, in the year 1800, that figure was about 3%. Mm. Yes. By the end of this century, in 2100, that figure is going to be 90%. 90%, wow. That's how fast things are changing. So, uh, in the words of uh, who is a Ray Bakke, who's always uh, uh, been a leader in urban ministry, he says, you have an urban future whether you like it or not. <laughs> That's exactly it is just right. Coming, it's just coming like a tidal wave. So, so, for the pastors that are listening right now at the beginning of this podcast, uh, uh, what, what is so? Maybe, maybe I should say it this way. So, so for the pastors who are listening to this podcast, what you're telling them, particularly, and I know you're writing to a larger audience than just pastors, but what you're telling them is, is they need to not only be informed, but they need to be better prepared to equip their people for this urban world that we're now in and will continue to to move into. Is that correct? Absolutely, because there is no stopping this, the, the growth of the cities, and especially in other parts of the world. We've had a great emphasis in missions in the past about ministering to the uttermost parts, uh, going where no one has ever gone before. And God bless all the David Livingstons mm-hmm. of the world, you know, who went to the darkest jungles of the world or whatever. But uh, if anything, uh, that's fine, and I don't denigrate that. But these days, it's reaching the the unreached across the street. Right. And uh, that's sort of what this uh, is all about. You know, as I have uh, talked to other missiologists, and I've taught, taught missions for, for many years, the conversation, at least within the past, I would say, 10 years, has really been more and more on understanding and reaching the cities. And and you know you're you're exactly right. I mean when we look at the you know the past couple of centuries of Protestant missionary history, uh, a great deal of energy and effort was going into uh, remote areas which obviously we still need to go to. There's still, you know, a lot of unengaged people groups that are living in those areas. Sure, but God loves them all. Absolutely. But but we cannot uh, turn a blind eye to to this this urban 
reality that we find ourselves in. And for many of us, this is sort of a brave new world in, in missionary activity. It certainly is. And I think we get good examples out of the New Testament. I mean, look at the places that Paul wrote his letters to. Rome, the capital of the whole empire. Philippi, which is the, the major hub of that section of Macedonia. Mm-hmm. The leading mission church of the of the first century is not Jerusalem, it's Antioch. Antioch, third largest city in the empire, very multicultural. You can tell in Acts 13 when you read the list of the leaders of the Antioch church. Mm-hmm. They're from Jews to North Africans. You know, it's a very urban center, and that's probably why they had such a heart for missions in those days. So Bob, the Bible and city, let's talk about that for a second. So, so I've heard, and I know you have as well, of uh, the argument— well, the city is all evil. Just look at <laughs> just look at just look at uh, uh, Babylon. Just look at the Tower of Babel. Uh, yeah. So we really shouldn't be be putting so much emphasis on such places like the Sodoms and Gomorrahs. How, how do you respond to something like that from a biblical perspective? Well, if you ask an Old Testament scholar what was really going on at Babel, I think many of them will say God had given a mandate to humanity to spread out and fill the earth. And some people say that's the only God's commandment that we ever fully obeyed. And we certainly have done that. But in that early time, the people of Babel didn't want to do that. We want to stay here and all be in one small clump. And more specifically, we're going to build a tower that reaches to heaven. The scholars will tell us that probably they were talking about a ziggurat, a high place of worship of pagan gods. And God said in response to that, no, no, you're not going to do that, and I'm going to stop you. But don't take that as a condemnation of the city. Let me give another Old Testament example. Huge city, a major capital of the Middle East called Nineveh. Mm. God says, I want to reach those. I want to tell those people that I love them. Jonah, go. And Jonah says, I don't think I want to do that. And we all know how that turned out. Mm -hmm. When he actually gets there, in fact, from the king on down, responds positively to the message of God reaching out to them. I think that's a better paradigm of God's heart for the city, even from the Old Testament times. Mm-hmm. When you say God has a, God's heart for the city, I think you're exactly right. I mean, we've got to recognize that uh, there are people there that are in need of the gospel. There are people there that are hurting, uh, and 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 also they there are places that can be. Uh, once you know, once the gospel is is taken root and churches are planted in those contexts, they can be places of, of great influence as people continue to carry that message of hope across their social networks across the world. Absolutely, cities influence everybody around. You see that in Acts nineteen, isn't it? Where Paul, though Paul travels and moves around, he spends over two years in Ephesus. Mm-hmm. Right. And the Bible says, and from there the word of God spread throughout the whole province of Asia. Mm-hmm. There you see that urban influence on the on the regions around, and that still happens today. Absolutely. So uh, you've got a chart in this book uh, on the world's ten most populous cities. Isn't and that interesting? Fascinating. It's a fascinating chart. So, so mm-hmm. the top ten cities in 2000, top ten cities in 2025, top ten cities in 2050. So when I look at this this list of top ten cities and populate they're all in population uh, in twenty in two thousand uh, we see for example in the in, you know New York and Los Angeles 
was showing up on that list. Uh, and so uh, what's the so forth? Yeah. 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 So but New York shows up, you know, down the list, uh, you know, it's like number five or so and Los Angeles comes in, I think, about seven or so. But when we move over into uh, top 10 cities in 2025, so 25 years later, I'm looking at this list and, and I do not see any city within the United States even showing up on that list. In fact, um, I see two cities, uh, Karachi and and Dhaka uh, in Pakistan and Bangladesh, that appear on the list in 2025 that aren't even on the list in 2000. And then when we jump over to the list for 2050, uh, we see uh, Addis in Ethiopia showing up on the list, coming in with 30 million people, and it wasn't even on the list in in 2000 or 2025. So, so what is happening uh, when we begin to look at this? You know, these three lists comparing uh, the growth of these cities. What, what's taking place in our world right now? Number one on the list in the year 2000 was Tokyo. By the year 2050, Tokyo has been pushed down to number 10. Yeah. And what's going on? The, and, and notice that in the 2050 list, there's nothing left from the whole Western Hemisphere. Right. It's all African and Asian. Absolutely, yeah. And the biggest of them all will be Lagos, mm-hmm. Nigeria, at 62 million. I'm going, oh, my word. I have been to Lagos today. It is a crazy place. And I, 62 million just blows my mind. Mm. Right behind that, Mumbai, or what we used to call Bombay, at 50 million. And uh, what is it, Karachi at 50 million. Right, I mean, yes. think, think about think about New York City today with all its suburbs, the Jersey suburbs, the Long Island suburbs. That's probably about 17. Mm-hmm. New York's major city times three, that's what you've got there at 50 million. Mm, wow. It is huge. That's where humanity will be centered. And uh, we, we can't ignore that. Yeah. We cannot ignore that. As we, as we move into the rest of the book, you, you begin to get really specific, actually providing uh, action steps, if you will, for, for the church to, to be involved in, in light of this global reality in which we find ourselves. Your, your, your section begins with action number one, pray together. Uh, why do you put that down as number one? Because the city is a very tough environment. I don't care if we're talking about New York or Atlanta or Dallas or Seattle or Lagos or wherever. It's a tough environment. And we need to start with prayer. And I I hope the readers don't just sort of blow me off there and say, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, we need to pray on to the next point. No, no, no. We need to pray and pray together, breaking down walls between us. I cite the example of the pastors in Buenos Aires, Argentina, who've been meeting for years I think 180 of them saying we got to pray for this city and see what we can do together to affect this city. We have to attune ourselves to the will of God, not just our bright ideas. Prayer makes us say, it gets us beyond saying, okay, well, I, you know, I thought of something. Let's try this. Right. It, it says, what does God want to do here? And how, how might we work together to make it happen? Mm-hmm. And I so much appreciated that in that chapter. I so much appreciated that that you you reminded us to to begin uh, by by seeking the face of the Father and, and going to Him before we begin to try to develop our strategies and think about our methods and things of that nature. And so so word well said. You got another chapter in this book. Uh, you talk about exegeting the city. Now I know many of my my listeners 
uh, they they're familiar with that understanding of exegeting the city because uh, I have a lot of church planners that are listening uh, and mission strategists. But for those that aren't familiar with that that idea, exegeting the city, what 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 do you mean by that? Pastors go to seminary to learn how to exegete the scripture, so Absolutely. they can preach faithfully to the Word of God. That's good, right? And we also need to exegete the city, take it apart and see who's here. As Ray Bakke says, uh, when he came from rural Washington State to the city of Chicago, he said, I needed to know the city because if I didn't know it, I couldn't love it. Mm. To know who's here. Uh, Some of the excellent research we cite in the book has been done by the folks in Minneapolis-St. Paul, which is uh, three million, three and a half million people in that area. Uh And, uh, you know, all my wife's relatives are from Minneapolis, they're from Minnesota, good Swedish immigrant people. And we think of that in terms of, uh, you know, a Swedish center, uh, the Minnesota Vikings and all that. Right, yeah. Guess what? They're not all Swedes and Norwegians. Absolutely, yes. That is one of the biggest centers of Somalis Mm -hmm. in America. There are 40,000 Native Americans who live in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, most of whom are not churched at all. Right. Would you believe there are 20,000 witches in in nice, clean Minneapolis-St. Mm-hmm. Paul? One of them ran for governor a few years ago. Wow. Well, if you're going to minister in Minneapolis and St. Paul, you need to know this and understand who all is here. And they don't all come from Stockholm or Oslo. Right. There's a mix here. We have to understand these kinds of things. So so when you say exegete, you're talking about uh, getting to know the culture, getting to know the geography, getting to know the spirituality, the uh, demographics, those those kind of ideas. Is that right? Right. The cultural centers. Uh, uh, there's, there's a street in Minneapolis that they call Eat Street because it's got restaurants, everything from Pakistani to Caribbean uh-huh. food. Finding out who's here and talking to these people, you find out what the needs of this very metropolitan area are. And and you give a really practical example of that in this book. You're, you're specifically related to the Somalis. You're talking about uh, City Vision that's in the in the in the Minneapolis area that they were in, uh, engaged in seeing the first Somali church in in America be uh, be planted there. And then you make the statement about some others that had tried to, and you give an illustration about a particular outreach event uh, that did not go over very well, and if they had done their homework before they tried the outreach exper- outreach event, they probably would have understood why it did not go over really well. Can you tell us a little bit about that story? <laughs> yeah, sincere folks. They really were trying to, okay, how do we reach out to people nearby us who are who are Muslim and so forth? All right, why don't we have a – let's have a – Free food. Let's let's serve hot dogs sure, on absolutely on Friday noon. People can come and we'll get to know them. Sounds great. Well, nobody showed up. Well, what happened? They're really disappointed. They asked uh, John Mayer, who leads this city uh-huh. vision ministry, what's the deal? Well, he said, number one, I appreciate your your intent, but uh, have you remembered that Muslims don't eat pork? Uh-huh. Hot dogs not a good idea. That's right. Number two. Friday noon is exactly the time of prayer at the mosque. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're not going to come to your church on Friday noon, that's for sure. Right. And number three, they'll warm up to you one-to-one a lot better than in large groups. Certainly. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess we should understand that kind of thing. Man, I, pr- I so much appreciate you, you you telling us about the importance of understanding our city. Uh, I want to ask you about one more thing for, for our, our, before we uh, wrap our episode up today. You, you talk about 
diaspora. You talk about those that have migrated out of their countries of birth into many of the cities of the world, or even uh, even inner uh, country migration, where they're migrating out of the rural areas into the urban context. Why is this such an issue today in the world? Why why are the cities being a magnet, and what are the opportunities that we have when it comes to gospel proclamation? It's they are a magnet for several reasons. Some people move because they want a job; they just mm-hmm. can't find work in the rural areas. Right. Others come for education reasons. I want to go to school. I want to go to college, or I want my kids to have a good school. Or the third reason people migrate is because of uh, war, terrorism, pressure, fear. Uh, It's not safe where I am, and so they they run. Uh, And when they land in the cities, and they almost always do land in cities, they, they, what do I do? Where do I go? Where can I find a place to live? I may have to learn a new language because, mm-hmm. you know, if you come from a minority language and you land in a big city, you're going to have to learn what is it English or is it French or whatever it is in that setting. That's where a church can help by giving free language classes. Um, all kinds of things open up because people really need help in the early years. But let me add this. It's a short window of opportunity maybe two, three years, maybe five years max, Mm. by which time after that they get settled and then they stop listening Mm. to the uh, people who have lived there for a long time. And so, uh, in fact, some people have said uh, we've seen uh, Muslims move into a city and five years later they're more devout Muslims than when they arrived. Mm. Why? Because when they came, the mosque said, Oh, well, we'll help you here. Come stay here. We, we'll have a place for you to live until you get your feet on the ground. So, so not only do we need to understand the cities, we also we don't have time to sit around for a few years deciding what we're going to do in response to the people groups that are migrating, right? Right. Some of the smartest things you can do, as I say, is to offer language classes, to offer a sports league for their young people. I mean, anything with a ball, the yeah. kids are going to uh, migrate to, even if they don't know language or whatever. You don't have to have much language to play basketball together. Yes. Some of these things are ways to befriend uh, these new arrivals and bring the, the care and love of Jesus into their lives. Today we have been talking about the book uh, Serving God in Today's Cities, Facing the Challenge of Urbanization uh, by Patrick Johnstone with Dean Merrill. Dean has been my guest today on Strike the Match. I so much appreciate this work, so much appreciate what these brothers have done. I really want to encourage you uh, to get a copy of this work because this issue of urbanization uh, is a real and present matter uh, facing the church today. And uh, as time uh, continues according to the Lord's will, uh, it will continue uh, to develop. The cities will continue to grow, continue to change, continue to have an enormous influence across the world today. And this book will be very helpful to you and those that you're leading to better understand the world in which we find ourselves. Dean, thank you so very much for being with us today on Strike the Match. You're welcome. It's been great. You have been listening to Strike the Match with J.D. Payne. You can find J.D. on Facebook or follow him on Twitter at J.D. underscore Payne. And if you'd like to check out more books, posts, and podcast episodes, visit jdpayne.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And we'd be honored if you would consider rating us or leaving comments. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you'll join us next time.